don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> to our podcast true crimes and story times i'm kirsten i'm michelle and we're back with part two and why do i always say hello like i'm answering the phone hello <laughs> i literally we have talked about this so many it's times like every episode bro i'm literally like i don't know how to say it so i just hello? try to say it and it sounds like i'm answering the phone <laughs> even though i don't ever talk on the phone because i'm gen z man okay <laughs> but anyway we are a rant already already dude i'm looking sunburned bro you look fine i'm giving sunburned she's giving sunburned i'm giving big forehead energy <laughs> i'm cutting that out okay why it's funny <laughs> it's true if you people know only knew okay sorry so, <laughs> sorry okay so i'm coming to you with part two of the boys on the tracks and we're gonna get into a lot of details in this one um a lot of really kind of messed up stuff like I said in the last episode, a lot of this is all alleged. It's all alleged. Very alleged. Um, I'm not trying to get sued or anything, so this is <laughs> right? alleged. Okay, just, I'm not saying this is all fact, but some of it is. So, we're gonna get into it. Okay. If you um, didn't listen to the first episode, go listen to it, because... I'm not going to do a recap. That's going to take too long. There's too much information. So just go listen to the episode from last week and then come back to this one because we're just going to pick up right where we left off. All right, let's go. So if you remember, there was a witness Mm -hmm. that uh, Gene Duffy and John Brown found out about. And this was like the last witness that was still alive, right? Yes. Um, And then Gene Duffy was ran out of Saline County and John Brown found the same witness. So, this was a woman by the name of Charlene Wilson. I don't know why, but I like that name. Charlene. Charlene. Yeah. I love it. It's cute. Charlie. I like that name. So, at this time, Charlene was doing time in jail for a cocaine charge that she says was planted on her. Okay. Um, But she said that she was part of a group of five people Mm -hmm. that were walking along the tracks the night of the boy's death. Were those other four people the people that got killed? Yeah. Well, some of, yes. Okay. But you remember in the first episode, um, I talked about a group of, some of the witnesses said there was a group of five people yeah. in the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. So she said she was part of this group of five people. Okay. And she said they were looking for a drug pickup in the middle of the woods. Interesting place yeah. to pick up your drugs, but okay. Um, so her story does like waver a little bit each mm. time, but the one thing that is consistent in every story she tells is that this group of people ran into two young boys that night in the woods. And those boys, obviously, were Kevin and Don. Okay, right. The kid with the rifle and the kid with the flashlight. Yes. So she said that the group didn't want the boys to tell anyone what they saw because they ran into each other. Mm-hmm. So they, like, panicked. And um, 
killed them and put them on the tracks to prevent them from telling them about the drug pickup. But, like, okay. if the kids just see you out in the middle of the woods, they don't necessarily know it's a drug pickup. Right. They're just you know gonna what I'm be saying? Like, weird, like, like, five people are out in the middle of the woods. That sounds like they were on drugs because obviously they were paranoid as fuck. So, according to her, the leader of this group of five people was none other than Dan Harmon, the lead prosecutor. That bastard. He's a fucking twisted motherfucker. No wonder he's been acting a fucking fool. Yeah. So, that means that the prosecutor that's in charge of finding out who murdered the bullies was actually in charge of the group that supposedly, allegedly, killed them. Was the judge in on this, too, or... Because the judge is the only other person that's allowed to put information. Right. We'll get into it. Oh, get into oh, it. Okay, girl. You do you. <laughs> but that would explain why Dan didn't want Charlene talking to anyone and did everything he could to prevent that. Right. So, Dan knew that it would be too suspicious if Charlene turned up dead in jail. <laughs> I'm sorry. Obviously. At this point... It's already too suspicious. (laughs) Everyone else has died, Literally, everyone else died already. And you're like, nah, if the girl in jail dies, it'll be too sus. It'd be weird, yeah. Oh my god. So, he was trying to do everything in his power to scare everyone away from talking to her. Because she was the only witness left. Right. That's why he ran Jean Duffy out of Saline County. But before she left, Mm -hmm. she passed on the information about Charlene. To FBI investigator Chuck Banks. Now, can I say, Chuck Banks, is he bad? We don't really know much about okay. Chuck Banks. Um, but, so Chuck Banks got this information from Gene Duffy about Charlene mm-hmm. and immediately shut the case down. That's why the case went cold for hmm. five years before John Brown reopened it. Okay. And they, he only opened it because the families were, like, pressing them to open the case again. Well, yeah, why wouldn't they? Right. But that's all we know about, really, Chuck Banks. Okay. He got the information, closed down the case. His name is really hard to say. Chuck Banks, yeah. I keep wanting to say Chunk Banks. I want to say Chuck Banks. <laughs> I don't know. So, John Brown wanted to find another witness that can be more credible, considering Charlene was in jail for a drug, drug charge. And could possibly just be saying that Dan killed the boys to help herself. Okay. So, I mean... I mean, I can see kind of from that point of view. Like, if, I mean, if I'm in jail for a drug charge, I'm going to try and be like, oh, yeah, I know information. You can Mm -hmm. help me with my sentence and I'll help you with that. You know? Yeah. But it wasn't even said that it would help her with her sentence or anything. You know what I mean? So, So. it's kind of hard to determine. But we'll come back to her and find out what really happened later on. Okay. So, another witness did come forward and said that he saw the whole thing. Okay. This was a kid by the name of Tom Newhouse. According to Tom, on the night of Kevin and Don's death, there was another group of kids unrelated to the group of five people that were mentioned okay. before. Okay. This is a totally different group. Yes. This was like kids. Okay. Not kids, like teenagers. I mean, teenagers. Kids, kids, whatever, yeah. yeah. So, they were in the woods looking for a patch of marijuana plants. It was rumored that there were some people that were growing marijuana out in by the tracks and they were oh, trying okay. to find it. Hmm. So, at this time, Charlene's statement was not made public. Okay. So, her accusing Dan Harmon of leading the group of five, that was not public information. Okay, so, so they, they didn't know that. anything. Nobody knew that. Okay. 
Except for, like, police officers or whatever. Right. So there's no way Tom could know it. Right. right. So he gave his statement and took a polygraph test and passed. He said that he was in this group of kids that mm-hmm. was looking for the marijuana plants along the tracks, and they saw some flashlights coming towards them. Obviously, they're kids. They're looking for drugs. They're not supposed to be out there in the middle of the night, so they, like, ran and hid. Oh, yeah, the, of course. On the side of, like, the tracks in, like, bushes or whatever. Yeah. And then um, the people with the flashlights was the group of five people. And Charlene was in there? And that Charlene was supposedly a part of. Okay. So and as Dan Harmon, right? Yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, as this group of five people were walking past, um, Tom said that he identified Dan Harmon. Again, there's no way that he could know that Charlene also identified him in the group. Because her group. statement was no. Right. And the only way... Because they didn't even know if it was true or not. Right. The only reason Dan, uh, Tom knew who Dan was was because Tom's mom dated Dan for a while. Okay, then you would definitely so recognize him. So, he, like, him. knew who he was, for yeah. sure. So, he said, um, as his group was watching Dan's group, mm-hmm. they saw two boys coming from, like, the opposite directions with flashlights as well. He said that Dan's group started panicking and yelling at the two boys to, like, get over here. And the boys were, like, obviously freaked out, so they, they did what they well, were yeah, told. Well, yeah, of course. And then, um... Tom said that the boys that he saw come to the group was Don and Kevin. Yeah. He said that he looked away and went to say something to one of his friends that he was with and then heard a gunshot. And he assumed that it was the rifle that Don had. And then he saw um, Don and Kevin running away from Dan's group. And then his group followed. Dan's did. The five people. Tom and his group of friends were freaked out and afraid they were going to get caught and also afraid that somebody just got shot. So they ran away and didn't tell anybody about what they saw. Well, yeah, I would be kind of scared too, too. Right. So Tom knew a lot of information about the case that wasn't public knowledge. Yeah, so and that's why like, they weren't telling people, right? Right. So this story lined up perfectly with the story of the previous witnesses that all died in completely normal ways, and it was just a coincidence that they all died right after giving their statement. All just a coincidence, right? <laughs> they weren't murdered. Oh my gosh. It just reminds <laughs> me of that TikTok sound. Of that one dude. Huh? He's like, nothing is a coincidence. Or something like that. <laughs> I haven't seen that dude on TikTok in forever. Yeah. I don't... Anyways. I so, just... I don't watch him that much, but I it just, just reminded watch... me of that. I really haven't been on TikTok that much lately. Really? I was on there just this morning. <laughs> so, um, if you remember, Keith McCastle, mm-hmm. he was the second witness to die right. after he- giving his story. And he was the one that said the group of five was led by Dan Harmon. And every one of the witnesses said that Dan Harmon was there. And all of the witnesses' stories were completely classified. Hmm. So... Everything is matching up. Right. Makes sense. All the witnesses. Even the dead ones. Even the dead ones. And that's why they're dead. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Okay. So, what was it that made them so dangerous about their story that they all ended up dying? Right. 
or supposedly allegedly being murdered. So, Dan Harmon was the only repeated thing with each witness, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the group of people. So, their story, all of their stories were pretty much the same. Right. All of the witnesses said that Dan Harmon and a group of people were out looking for a drug drop on the side of the train tracks that night. They weren't expecting to see anyone, considering it was like 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's when Don and Kevin walk up on the group that was looking for the drug drop. Dan confronted them, and it started to get heated, and one of the boys fired a round from the rifle. Whether it was to scare him or distract him so they could run away, they don't really know. Yeah. So, the boys ran away and ran all the way to a nearby grocery store. Wow. Where people around the store said that they were, like, in the parking lot. And then a police car drove up next to him. Two officers got out of the car and started talking to them. And then they started to beat the boys violently. Why? And throw them in the back of the cop car and drive them back to the tracks. So there was also two police officers involved. Mm Mm-hmm. At this point... Allegedly. Allegedly. At this point, the boys were already dead when they got back to the um, Well, yeah, the cops were freaking beating them like that, which isn't even their job. Yeah, no. So that's when they put their bodies on the tracks because they knew a train would be coming by later that night and would destroy the evidence. Okay. Luckily, it didn't destroy all of the evidence and there was enough identifying factors that they could figure out kind of what happened. Mm Mm-hmm. So, then when the families didn't believe the bullshit story from the medical examiner, from the first part. Right. The Dan, bullshit medical examiner. What was right. his name? Dr. Malik. Yep. Yeah. So, then Dan Harmon swooped in and said that he would do everything in his power to get justice for Don and Kevin, when in reality, he just wanted to cover up his tracks. Of course. And that explains why the case was shut down and all the witnesses wound up dead. So why? Why is a drug drop worth the death of up to, like, eight people now? Yeah, that just seems like... Yeah, over a drug drop. Like, what is the big deal? Honestly, Dan Harmon could have just told the boys, go home. And I'm sure they would have ran their butts right home because he is an adult and they are kids. And he was actually, like, really respected, Dan Harmon was. So he could have literally just said, go home. And they probably would have ran their butts right home. Right. Like, he didn't have to do all that. They don't know... He doesn't know that they're out there doing a drug no. drop. When you're a kid, you're oblivious. You don't yeah. know that shit. Like, he so, didn't have to do all this. And yeah. then kill, allegedly, kill all those people. Right. Also, the witnesses that were also there. Mm-hmm. If he would have just told the boys to go home, he wouldn't have had to do all this shit. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, but it was all over a drug drop. Like, why is it so important? So, now we're going to talk about a man by the name of Barry Seal. Okay. Barry Seal is actually he's very well known Mm -hmm. there's like movies about him and stuff books written about him okay um and this this is all fact about barry seal okay so he was a pilot that helped with drug trafficking from central america to the united states gotcha and that's fact 100 percent fact okay he would specifically drop the drugs in arkansas where this is all happening Mm -hmm. because the state officials were all in on it Okay, that is fact. All of that is fact. No alleged there. No alleged. That is a known fact. Okay. So, Barry did die a year before the boys 
but he had started such a big operation that people still continue to do it after he died. Like, they had to keep it I'm not it surprised, going. yeah. I mean, the people still have to make their money. Right. So, this, it still has to be done. Right. So, it is known information that the location where Kevin and Dawn were found on the tracks is a popular drop location for the drug drop-offs. I'm like glad that other location. group of kids did not get caught out there. Yeah, that would be horrible. Um, so the pilot that would bring in the drugs mm-hmm. would f- do a blackout flight where they fly without any lights on so they couldn't be identified, and they would fly real close to the ground, drop the drugs, and then fly away. Honestly, how do they get away with that? I don't don't they know. have to speak to air traffic control? Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe they were in on it too. Allegedly, I don't know. Um, so then after they would drop it, the local officials would collect the drugs from there and do whatever they do with it. Gotcha. So this would explain why Dan and a group of other local officials were in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night at the same spot that this drop-off happened. Okay. This would also explain why the state sent their medical examiner to determine the cause of death. Because he knew it was really going on and was allegedly paid off. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> so they had to send, the state had to send somebody that they could be like, just make some shit up and we'll give you a little extra money. Yeah. So it all sounds crazy, right? No. <laughs> Not a, at all. Sorry. A big shot prosecutor smuggling drugs into the country and ends up killing two innocent boys and gets away with it. That's unlikely, right? No. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Surely no. he's not dealing drugs. Surely no. <laughs> he's not on it. Honestly, on it, right? it's really not surprising to me. This fucking country is fucked up. Well, it gets worse. Oh, great. Wonderful. So Dan was actually arrested and convicted in 1996 for smuggling drugs into the United States. <laughs> wow. And this I'm is fact, so right? Shocked. Yes. Not alleged. No, that is fact. He was arrested on a drug charge. Hmm. So he did his time uh-huh. and was let out. But was arrested again in 2010 for what? Selling drugs. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Do you think he was in on it? I think he was in on it. (laughs) Probably. Um, So now we can collectively agree that the prosecutor in charge of the case of the boys on the tracks was the leader of a drug ring that ended with the boy's death. Okay? We can can, can say that. I mean, allegedly, yeah, that makes sense. Allegedly, it makes sense. Oh, but wait. There's more. Oh, God. So, at the time of the very first investigation, the show Unsolved Mysteries covered this case. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the episode, you know, they always say, like, if you have any tips, call this number, blah, blah, blah. So, they put um, this, the number for a man by the name of Richard Garrett mm-hmm. at the end of the episode for people to call in if they had any tips about the boy's murder. So, Richard Garrett was Dan's assistant when he was solving the case. Okay, but, like, why is it not to the police station? I don't know. See, yeah, I don't know. That's weird, It should right? be a tip line to the police station, not to somebody's assistant. Right. Who is also way too close to the case, in my opinion, to be taking tips. Well, I think he was his assistant, but he was also an officer. Oh, okay. Well, then that makes sense, but still. Right. If you're, like, involved in the case, yeah. you shouldn't be taking tips. So. Sorry. It's okay. So when people would call him mm-hmm. with tips about the case, they he would threaten them. He would give them death threats. 
and said that if he to- if they told anybody what they saw or what they knew, he would kill them. He would have them murdered. Wonderful. Great. Yeah, that's exactly what you want to hear when you're trying to solve the murder of two innocent boys. Um, Richard Garrett was also the one that Keith McCastle went to to tell his story. And remember, Keith McCattle... McCattle? <laughs> Keith McCattle. <laughs> no, I really have a lisp. Keith McCastle was the one that was sure that he was going to die mm-hmm. and, like, wrote his will and gave right. all his stuff away and planned his own funeral. Which was a good thing that he did, I suppose. Right, because Richard Garrett was threatening him, right? Uh, sounds like it wasn't just a threat, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> also, the two officers that I mentioned earlier that beat the boys up and put them in the car, mm-hmm. um, they, were no, they were identified as Jay Campbell and Kirk Lane. Okay. Kirk Lane was seen on multiple occasions threatening people that were witnesses of the death of the boys. Mm-hmm. Like, in public, like, threatening them. Yeah. And then they all ended up dead, so. Here's another thing. Um, if they're getting coke, cocaine, whatever, uh-huh. um, yeah, they're probably in, like, a drug-fueled rage. Also, it gives you a lot of confidence. Well, they, so, they're out here thinking they're not going to get caught, too, because they have so much right. confidence if they're actually doing it. Like, just because you're selling it doesn't mean you're not doing right. it. But, or, just because you're selling it doesn't mean you're doing it, but a lot of times... But it also doesn't mean you're not doing it. Exactly. So, they could be, like... On it. Very confident yeah. on it. And, like, feeling Raging. like Superman. Also, yeah. when you start to come down or you don't have it for a while, you do go into, like, a rage. Mm-hmm. So... That's why maybe they beat the boys to death because they were yeah. feeling confident. Allegedly, they beat the boys to death. So maybe they were feeling confident or they were coming down from it and in a rage. Yeah. Because that's typically what happens. Exactly. So the- I've never done it. I'm not saying this because I'm, I've done it. <laughs> I just know. Well, it's just like... It's like common information. Yeah. So this part's kind of funny. Um, there was an episode of a show called Obstruction of Justice mm-hmm. that was covering the case of the boys on the tracks Mm -hmm. and they flat out said that the two officers jay campbell and kirk lane were the two main suspects in the case they said they were like it's them well they can't be two main suspects if they're officers solving the case right Right. (laughs) so at that time they were still police officers Mm -hmm. that they ended up suing the show for falsely claiming that they were suspects suspects I can't Girl. talk. <laughs> Suspects. And they lost the case because they were, in fact, the two most likely suspects in the case. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, I'm going to sue you. And then it comes back. And they're oh. like, well, I mean, they're not are. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jay Campbell was later arrested on a sex trafficking charge oh while being a cop. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, the boys' case had been open and closed nine different times. That's insane. In this whole span. Um, One of these times, the sheriff had hired an investigator to, like, fully work on the case to find out what happened. Mm -hmm. And then both the sheriff and the investigator were arrested for trafficking. Bruh. Was this... (laughs) I can't make this shit up. (laughs) Wait, was this an actual arrest or was this planted arrest so they couldn't solve the case like no i think it was an actual arrest oh well fuck you then yeah so also someone moved into a house that richard garrett used to live in Mm -hmm. remember richard garrett yes okay and found a meth lab behind a wall that had been built well 
they can't live in that house anymore because well when you cook or make meth in a house it leaves residue for years and years and years okay no just listen i'm just saying they didn't they still lived in the house but they called the police, right? And was mm-hmm. like, hey, there's a meth lab behind this wall. And they knew that they knew what house it was because Richard Garrett used to live in it. Mm-hmm. And when the officer showed up and saw it, he said to throw everything out immediately and even offered to help them clean it up. Not like, oh, let me take it for evidence. Like, throw it all away. But you can get really sick from that. You do know that. I do know that. You can get really but sick. He was just it lasts like, for years and years He was and just kind of like, just throw it away. Don't tell anybody about it. Just throw it away. Oh, my God. So, they couldn't even get, like, an actual... And it's fucking myth. Like, so they couldn't even get, like, an actual inspection because, okay, sometimes when you move into a house and you get a meth inspection and so, like, what is it? They It has, like, a half-life, whatever the half-life is of meth. It's, like, really long. Mm-hmm. So, it takes a long time for it to break down. So, they, like, take little Q-tips and wipe it on your walls and test it. For Indiana, if it's above 0.5... You have to have it cleaned by, like, a state-licensed, like, cleaning thing. And it can be, like, tens of thousands of dollars. That's how dangerous it is. That's crazy. And for the police to just say, oh, throw it away and don't tell anybody is BS. Because that family could be getting really, really sick from that. Yeah. Because it absorbs through your skin. So, it's like... Yeah. That's insane to me. Like Yeah, that, and they just, like, let him live there. That's disgusting. So, um, it turns out... That the FBI, the CIA, and the DEA all had separate investigations going at this time on Hmm. the case. Um, The FBI determined that there is conspiracy involving public officials and drug trafficking. Conspiracy or truth? Um, We're going to say conspiracy. Because it's conspiracy. Okay. Allegedly... Um, it's not allegedly conspiracy because the FBI stated that. The FBI, d- the FBI said that it was conspiracy. That's what I said. I said the FBI said it's conspiracy. So oh, you yes, can say yes. that. Yes, you don't yes. have to say allegedly it's conspiracy. Well, I was saying allegedly. I get it. It's in okay. place it's of okay. conspiracy. Anyway. People are going to be like, can you guys stop saying allegedly through this freaking episode? Well, we literally life? can't. I'm not trying to be sued. Right. Um, so you may be asking yourself. If they know what's going on, if they know who done it, mm-hmm. why is there not a trial? Why right. are they not being charged? Right. That's because there are more people involved that don't want their name put out there and being associated with what's really going on underneath everything. Oh, well, cry me a fucking river. Okay. So, back in 1993, Charlene Wilson wrote out... Remember how I said earlier we're going to come back to her? Yeah. We're coming back. She wrote out and signed a confession that she later said was forced, she was forced to write by local police officers. Okay. So, like, her whole, like, story and stuff, she said was forced. She was forced by police officers to write it. Gotcha. So, maybe, maybe the police officers were like, oh, we'll have her write a confession and name only Dan Harmon, mm-hmm. and then we'll get off scot free. Right, right. So they're all, she. They wanted her to pin it all on him, mm-hmm. so then they wouldn't get in trouble. Right, right? and they, they were probably threatening her too. Right. So allegedly, that's what they were trying to do. Okay. So that would be enough to open a trial against Dan Harmon, right? No. All of the files 
all of the files, all of the evidence, all of the statements were all blacked out. What's that mean? Um, like, it literally exactly what, you know how people white out things? Yeah, they blacked they it out. They blacked it out, so you can't read it. Nice. Um, all of the evidence, confessions, everything that the FBI, CIA, and DEA had were, it was, everything was redacted and all of the names were removed. What the hell? Yeah. So, um, there was a guy that Dr. Malik, like, was hired by, like, gave Dr. Malik his position and also gave him a raise after this whole thing. That's not so strange. Um, he was also the governor of Arkansas at the time Hmm. and related, like, relates to the whole, like, drug conspiracy thing. I think his name was like bill clinton or something oh i don't know um damn you were really playing this <laughs> off i wasn't reading the notes so you were like you really got me there you said bill clinton i said what the hell um so i think that's a name i don't it sounds kind of familiar i, I can't really stop playing dumb it. right now i can't really place it but it sounds like that would be a name that they would want redacted from the statements so um i don't really know what really happened there but you really got me i'm not even playing <laughs> I was not reading the notes. I was looking directly at you. <laughs> that was my whole point. Anyway, so yeah, that happened. Um, remember how I said in, uh, in the first episode that there was a former president of the United States? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's him. Allegedly. I'm not saying he was part of it, but he allegedly was. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Remember? Yes. So there was like 16,000 pages of evidence. And only 2,000 of those pages were made public. I don't know why. And all of the 2,000 pages were blacked out, like I said before. Like, everything was blacked out. There was nothing. Um, so, there, I, there is a book on this case called The Boys on the Tracks. And it's by Mara Lever- Leverett. Okay. And she really goes into depth about the case and, like, everything that happened. Um, so, unfortunately... The true records of this case are still unknown and unsolved and being covered up for the past 35 years. That sucks. Um, that's really all we know because mm-hmm. the um, files have not been released. Right. And what has been released is blacked out. So okay. that's why this is all alleged conspiracy, whatever. Um. Unfortunately, Linda Ives, who's Kevin's mother, she was, like, a key person in this thing because she really pushed to have it opened time and time again. Um, But she did pass away last year and never got justice for her son. But her perseverance is what is making people continue to talk about it and continue to want it solved. R.I.P. Linda Ives. Yeah. So, she started a website called The ID Files. ID comes from, like, their initials, so I, because Ives and D is Dawn. Gotcha. Um, And that's where she outlined different parts of the case, and there's a whole bunch of information on there that I'll I'll link it in the show notes. There's also a petition on change.org that you can sign. It's not for anything, like, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's basically just for, like, the federal government to release all of the files that they have so they can figure out, like, who actually did it and get justice well with our luck they released it all blacked out yeah that would be horrible and that will be in the show notes as well if you're interested in that okay um 
But yeah, that's all the information we have about the boys on the tracks. That's sad. All the way up to Bill Clinton. So. That makes me really upset. Yeah. So, I do not like stories like these, but I mean, they also need to be heard, though, because they need mm-hmm. to have more reach, you know, like more people need to know. Yeah. So go sign that petition. I'm going to. Yeah. True Crimes and Story Times. We're putting our name on that petition, baby. Hell yeah. So it started as two boys Just dying on the tracks. And playing the game in the woods. Yep. Ended up with a whole other huge chain of events. That's around so sad. drug trafficking. They were just out there playing with the rifle and a flashlight. And yep. they got wrapped up in this when they didn't even have to be. Because yep. they don't know what a fucking drug drop off is. Yeah. So, that is so sad. <sighs> go sign the petition. Please do. Um, I know it's kind of a bummer of a case. But it really did intrigue me because of how intricate it was. Yeah. And just how much information there was. Right. And the whole, all of the twists and turns and... Yeah, it was... Speculation. It really kept me interested, for sure. Like yeah, it was... Yeah. There's a lot. There's so much more information, like, detailed information that I didn't mm-hmm. get into. There's a bunch of links that I'll put down in the show notes if you guys are interested in reading through those. And read that book that I mentioned that has a lot of information in it. Um, and again, all of my information pretty much came from the video that I watched on YouTube. Okay. That I will link as well. And who was your friend that suggested this again? Um, Nolan. Thank okay. you. Well, thank you, Nolan. So much. Yeah. This is probably one of my favorite cases that we've covered so far. I agree. Not Honestly, in a good way, but yeah. it was very interesting. And we definitely needed to get the word out about this case, I feel like, because I feel like it needs more coverage. Like I had never heard of it before. Me either. And I hadn't seen that I know of any other podcasts cover it. Yeah. Um, so... I haven't either, actually, now that mm-mm. you say that. I've never heard this, and I'm a huge true crime fan, so... Yeah. So, thank you, Nolan, for the recommendation. It was a really good one. Yes. Thank you, Nolan. Um, anything else to add? I think that's it. Um, go subscribe to our Patreon if you haven't already. We need to update it, so yeah. stay tuned for that. We keep updating it. There's a lot of, um, stuff on there for you guys. A lot We're of content. We're gonna be posting our bonus episode next Sunday. So... If you want to see that, there's already like three or four on there. Yeah, there's notes on there. So there's like two or three mukbangs on there, but you don't have to pay the mukbang price for that because we're yeah. gonna take it off there. I don't think we've done that yet. We said we were gonna do that last week. Yeah, but we forgot. So we're gonna update all that. So if that's something you guys are interested in, the link will be in the show notes. Also, please give us a rating. Please, we and need more ratings you. on Apple Podcasts. We need more ratings on Spotify. So if you would just take the time click our link tree or if you're listening you're probably already there so just go give us a rating scroll down a little bit and rate us we really want to hear back from you guys Mm -hmm. and hear what you have to say if you have any stories or any case suggestions please send them to tcstpod at gmail.com and kirsten will put that in the show notes so yes and follow us on all our socials too yep we need to update those too podcast Um, I think that's it. Yep. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.